Let us be attentive. Sing praises to our God, sing praises. Clap your hands, all you nations. Wisdom. The reading is from the Acts of the Apostles. Let us be attentive. In those days, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints that lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, who had been bedridden for eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was at Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she fell sick and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, entreating him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he had come, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him weeping and showing tunics and other garments which Dorcas had made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. Then turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, rise. And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive, and it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. Hear the Holy Gospel. Peace be with you all. The reading is Holy Gospel according to St. John. Let us be attentive. At that time, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool, in Hebrew called Bethesda, which has five porticos. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel of the Lord went down at certain seasons into the pool and troubled the water. Whoever stepped in first after the troubling of the water was healed of whatever disease he had. One man was there who had been ill for 38 years. When Jesus saw him and knew that he had been lying there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. When the water is troubled, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. 
Jesus said to him, Rise, take up your pallet and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his pallet and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath, so the Jews said to the man who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your pallet. But he answered them, The man who healed me said to me, Take up your pallet and walk. They asked him, Who is this man who said to you, Take up your pallet and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well, sin no more, let nothing worse befall you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. Christ is risen. Christos Anesti. It was called by the people of that day the day the sky caught fire. At about nine o'clock in the morning on May the 7th, the year 351, about 16 and a half centuries ago from this very day, the feast of Pentecost was being celebrated that morning, and the people of Jerusalem gathered in the streets, pointing up to the sky in frightening shock. Tongues of flame were roaring across the horizon, forming a giant blazing cross in the sky. The apparition was seen by everyone in Jerusalem. Many people fell to their knees, beseeching God to spare them annihilation out of fear of what was happening. Others went straight to the churches, of course, to pray and to ask forgiveness for their sins. But one man, the newly elected patriarch and archbishop of Jerusalem, St. Cyril, bowed his head and gave thanks to God for this blazing sign from heaven. At that time, the church and the people of the holy city were divided and being fractured by the swelling and growing Arian heresy. The patriarch Cyril repudiated its false teachings concerning the divinity of Jesus Christ, for the Arians said that there was a time when the Son of God did not exist. And the strong heretical faction was threatening him with exile to kick him out of his city, and it seemed that they were swaying the masses towards that heresy. In this very difficult situation, St. Cyril was beseeching God for help, and the sudden appearance 
of the blazing cross in the sky was, for him, a certain answer to his prayer. Shortly after the miraculous event, St. Cyril wrote a letter known today as the letter to the Emperor Constantius, who was the son of St. Constantine the Great, describing the miracle in vivid detail and making it clear that the miracle was indeed a sign from God. We have that letter to this very day, and part of it reads like this. On the 7th of May, about the third hour, a vast luminous body in the form of a cross appeared in the sky just over Holy Golgotha, stretching as far as the Holy Mount of Olives, seen not only by one or two persons, but clearly and evidently by the whole city. This was not, as may be thought, a momentary transient phenomenon, for it continued for several hours, visible to our eyes and brighter than the sun. The entire city, struck with a reverential fear, tempered by joy, ran immediately to the church. Young and old, Christians and unbelievers, citizens and strangers, all with one voice giving praise to our Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, the worker of miracles, finding by experience the truth of the Christian doctrine to which heaven bears witness. An eyewitness account and letter of St. Cyril, Archbishop of Jerusalem in the year 351. So brothers and sisters, at times we may find ourselves as well embittered by I don't know, the unfairness or inequality and injustice that show up on every page of human experience. We may lose heart and faith when we look around and observe with our human perceptions what appears to be the prosperity and the success of the wicked and the unjust. In all appearances, it seems that in this world, those who advance and rise to the top, so to speak, do so through lying or cheating, abusing, slandering or manipulating, killing, and many other criminal ways. Life sometimes doesn't make sense, and we want to cry out to heaven, it's not fair. Just like Asaph, the author of Psalm 73, complains at the very beginning of his prayer. He says, Surely God is good to the upright and to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my feet had almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold, for I envied the arrogant when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. So what Asaph is saying here is that his faith is being shaken by observing that wicked people are advancing in life and doing well even if through illicit means. He is even envious of them and tempted to join their company since this is the way to having it good in this life. Or so it seems to him during his crisis of faith. And so he continues his psalm. The wicked have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. They are free from common human burdens 
and they are not plagued by human ills. Pride is their necklace. They clothe themselves with violence. From their callous hearts comes iniquity. Their evil imaginations have no limits. They scoff and they speak with malice, with arrogance. They threaten oppression. They say in themselves, how would God even know? Does the Most High know anything? This is what the wicked are like. Always free of care, they go on amassing wealth. Surely in vain I have kept my heart righteous and have washed my hands in innocence. All day long I have been afflicted, and every morning brings new punishments. Asaph is losing faith in God's justice and thinks that his fidelity to God's laws has been pointless since he sees no earthly reward and he sees how the evil even scoff at God and do as they please with no apparent consequence. But then Asaph turns away from a human manner of thinking to the worship of the Most High God. He hands his life over to the Lord and he begins to live and think according to faith rather than by sight. And so he says, When I tried to understand all these things, it troubled me deeply until I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. For behold, those who keep themselves far away from you, O Lord, shall perish. But as for me, it is good to cling to God and to put the hope of my salvation in the Lord. <clears throat> there is someone, brothers and sisters, who is strong and who is good, almighty and all good, who will one day right the wrongs in our world and bring meaning out of the meaningless. When Jesus returns, he will come down from heaven with a host of powerful angels. He will comfort the afflicted, and he certainly will not ignore those who have done evil. In 2 Thessalonians, St. Paul describes that day of the Lord in these words, that day which, as our Lord Jesus Christ himself says in Matthew 24, 30, will be preceded by the Son of Man, his sign in the heavens, that is the sign of his cross. God's judgment is just, St. Paul tells us, and as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his mighty angels. Until that day, Jesus wants us to stand firm in our faith, to have hope, and to trust in God's loving providence. No matter what we endure on earth, we are safe for eternity. For God will right every wrong and make sense of the senseless. St. Cyril was besieged by the Arians and their heresy, 
Yet against all odds, he trusted in God and received that heavenly sign and assurance of the Holy Cross. Asaph felt despondent because he observed the temporary and passing prosperity of the wicked. But when he fell down in worship before the living God of heaven and earth, in full faith and conviction, he cried out, Surely God is good to the upright, to those who are pure in heart. And so, brothers and sisters, let us always bring to mind that all things, every single thing, are under God's providential care, and nothing escapes his all-seeing eye. He is the Lord of history and is coming again to right every wrong, to make sense of the senseless, to relieve the afflicted, to exalt the humble, and to reward the righteous who lived to the best of their ability, the righteousness and the goodness, the holiness of God. And so in faith, let us commit our own destiny to God who will never abandon us, ever be with us, and at the end, receive us into his own glory. To him be the power and the worship forever. Amen. Christ is risen. Please rise at this time.